0: Hosanna, Hosanna, and good morning, Urban Village Church. My name is Sam Coker. When you refer to me, you may use the pronouns he, him, and his, and I serve as one of the student pastors here at UVC. It is a joy and a privilege to greet you this morning and what a special morning it is because today is Palm Sunday. It's that day in the season of Lent when we commemorate the entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. And in the manner of the crowds that gathered to witness this event, the church traditionally comes bearing palm fronds or leaves or branches in a sign of celebration because here is our Lord and Savior. Here is our Messiah. With him lies all of our hopes, all of our expectations to see the world renewed and restored. The time of waiting is very nearly over. Let's take another look at what's happening here in this passage from the Gospel of Mark. When Jesus and the disciples arrive at the edge of the city, the plan is to stage a demonstration. So two of the disciples go in first. They specifically find a cult that has never been ridden, And when they're asked what they're doing with it, they simply respond, the Lord needs it. And that works. Cloaks are laid on the road. And the people and passers-by wave branches of leaves from their homes, and they shout, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. There are a lot of images in this passage that, in the time of the gospel's writing, would have recalled very specific references to the Hebrew Bible. In fact, the image of the Messiah riding into the town on a colt recalls a verse in Zechariah, where the prophet proclaims, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem! Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the warhorse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations." His dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth." We hear in this passage the echoes of the Messianic expectation, the belief that the Savior of God's people will come to restore the Kingdom of Israel, that the Lion of David will return to the throne even in the midst of the Roman Empire. This image of Jesus' procession with the cloaks laid out and the palms waved in the air feels a lot like a royal procession. Hosanna, which literally translates to save us or save now, is the call of a people who believe the Messiah is coming to overthrow the empire and return that which was lost. Jesus' entry is interpreted by the crowds as a sign of victory and triumph but that isn't really what's going on here, at least not in the way we might expect. We notice that Jesus is riding on a donkey, on a colt, in fact, and he isn't accompanied by a glamorous royal entourage. It's him and the disciples and that's it. This doesn't sound like the triumphant entry of a noble warrior king on his war chariot. This is humble, meek, peaceful, yet still bearing sacred meaning. The fact that the colt has never been ridden is very likely an allusion in the Old Testament to unyoked animals that were set aside for some divine purpose. So we are meant to think that something sacred is taking place. In one sense, Palm Sunday is a culmination of Jesus' ministry. By this point, he has spent years traveling, preaching the message of the Good News. And he is the Messiah, but at least in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has really struggled with letting this knowledge be public. And of course, by the time he arrives in Jerusalem, his reputation already precedes him. The people know that this man is the Messiah. And based on what they've heard, they expect that a strong, powerful savior would perhaps be installed in the temple of Jerusalem as the new king. This verse even ends with a movement towards the temple. But this demonstration that Jesus and the disciples have staged is subversive, unexpected, and in the eyes of the imperial authorities, even treasonous. Palm Sunday is kind of a strange act of remembrance for the church. it's certainly a significant moment in Jesus's story. It appears in all four Gospels. But the way that we remember it is a little ironic. For a moment, we take on the perspective of the people who watched Jesus enter the city, knowing that their faith, that our faith, will falter. That when Jesus fails to meet the hopes and expectations of the public, They will scorn him and doom him to a painful death. So is that us? Are we just that fickle in our belief? Are we destined to abandon him too? Well, I don't think we have to be quite that judgmental. After all, the hope that things can be like they were again is a really familiar feeling these days that hope that the life we once had could be restored? How many of us are hoping even now that in a short time our lives will return to what they were like before the world changed? How many of us hold on to the possibility that our routines, our schedules, our social lives will come back just like they were before? Just how different are we from the crowds chanting, save us, clinging to the promise of the restoration of the past? And how disappointed will we be when it doesn't quite feel the same as it used to? Palm Sunday, just like all of Lent, is an opportunity for deep reflection about what comes next. Those who shouted, save us, save us now, anticipated a very particular way of being saved, one that looked like the world that used to be. But Jesus came so that everything could be made new. The reign of Christ does not look like a military defeat or the installation of an old monarchy. The kingdom of God that Jesus preached was an entirely new vision of what the world could look like. And as we approach what many of us are calling the light at the end of the tunnel, I feel myself wishing that life could return to the way things used to be, pre-pandemic, back to normal and I imagine many of you feel the same. But we know that things can't be the same. There is no true going back to normal, no matter how much we may try to will it into existence. For this Palm Sunday and this Holy Week, perhaps it is time to consider how to leave behind the hopes and expectations we've held onto for the past that we yearn for. We have an opportunity to welcome with joy and celebration a new life that is ahead. There will certainly be grief and no small amount of adjustment. Our calls to be saved may turn to bitterness for what has been lost, but the world that is coming can perhaps be more caring, more compassionate, more sensitive, more thoughtful, and more loving than the one we are leaving behind. But before that comes, we know what happens next. The calls for celebration to save us will turn to calls for crucifixion before the end. Instead of claiming the throne of David, Jesus will confront the religious leaders of the city, driving out the money changers in the temple and preaching its destruction. On the festival of Passover, Jesus will eat his last meal with his followers. One of these followers will betray him to the imperial authorities and as he is arrested, tried, and publicly condemned, even his closest friends will abandon him. This story that began with a triumphant victorious procession into the city ends with the crowds calling for Jesus' execution. It ends with the Messiah nailed to a cross and left to die at least for now. Until then, we will gather at the table in the upper room and the cross at Golgotha. As we descend together into the valley of death, may we all find the courage and the hope to emerge on the other side, ready for what comes next. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.